Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey After Hours, and maybe, and we hope, you listened to our previous shows before the boot camp, which were Interview with God and Interview with God Part Drew. (laughs) (laughs) It won't end, Andy. So, if you just listened to the broadcast, or you know that this week's topic has been, you know, simply how was that interview with God that we had before the boot camp? How did God come after those things? And so along those lines, all I can say is, drew (laughs) (laughs) We left our hero Andy slash Drew. (laughs) This isn't uh, Christian Carter uh, theater, right? No, it's not. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I thought about what you said later, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you said that I went all... uh, pasty jesus (laughs) and that was the voice that's right inherently but it but anyway you were sharing about the gifts that that god had given Mm -hmm. you and it was a beautiful picture i just you know melted my heart so yeah let me back up um when i I said it a little bit on the radio show but so god has had me on a journey i mean through the masculine journey i feel like you know there's it's a process and i feel like i've had my wound dealt with a lot i'm sure there's more out there but the major wound i think was dealt with and uh got my new name that identity really meant a lot to me but you know the last couple of years i just feel like i've really um experienced the adoption of the father and to the point to where my my idea of him has changed he's no longer the old testament uh, God that, you know, I mean, he, he, he brings justice, he brings truth, but he's, it, it says in the gospels, it says in John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So we, we we've disconnected Jesus. Jesus is good cop and God is bad cop. And that's not the case. He's just there as merciful. Are you messing with my car business theology? <laughs> <laughs> I believe I am. <laughs> But anyway, I just have had a burden, not a burden, just a sense of seeking God and looking at to him as my father. And I didn't realize the wound that I had was uh, an orphan spirit, and it came from my dad leaving the state when I was uh, around 13, very impressionable time, 13 to 20-some. I mean, all that time, really. I really didn't have him consistently in my life the rest of my life. I mean, I had a great relationship with him. But anyway, there was that orphan feeling of not having him but before my dad left the state he knew my heart would need something and he took me on a road trip all around north carolina and south carolina and we hit grandfather mountain and then we went to brevard and the waterfalls and then we went to wilmington and to the uh battleship north carolina and all those made an impression on me and i always remembered those but i didn't realize until i started really digging into this recently that that was that he had done a lot for my heart then 
Well, fast forward to two or three years ago, probably four years ago, I got hired at a company, did a lot more travel. I always liked the traveling and adventure. And, and I felt like God was just saying, take me on these, you know, or, or maybe, maybe I thought I was taking him. God, let's do this. I've heard that you go on these road trips. And I consciously did it and really focused on God during these times. And I felt like he was speaking to me different times, but it more it was more of just a presence. But uh, last year, about June, I went to, to Yosemite National Park in California. Love that place. Been there two or three times. And when I was there, I mean, I just had that focus and it felt his presence the whole time. And I, it was really cool gifts that he gave me. And again, I don't, I'm not seeking these gifts. I'm seeking his presence. But God loves to give gifts. And I wouldn't even look, think about this. But this comes from Eldridge and them stuff. I mean, Eldridge is talking about seeing a heart. He, he sees hearts and everything. He saw a heart and a cow patty. If you can see God in that or whatever, if you... <laughs> If you can't, if he's if he's give, receiving that as a gift, I can receive what I receive. So, one of the first things I'd seen this documentary on this uh, pollen explosion that happens in all these pine trees all at the same time. I saw it on a documentary. I take this hike up on Yosemite. I get to a certain point, and the valley is clear and all that. All of a sudden, this pollen releases. I'm like, what the heck? I know what that is. It just found out about it. And it was like it was there for me. And it's only a temporary thing. It doesn't just continue on or whatever. And it was right in the spot. I had a perfect view of it. Wow, God, that's awesome. I walk down and I go get back from that hike and I'm going across the meadow. And I'm walking under this tree and this bird is going nutso. And I don't know if I'm getting close to his nest or whatever, but he just keeps hovering over me. And I, I put all this on video and, and used it in my talk. You, so you guys can corroborate it. But it was really cool, and you probably don't get the full impact of what it was the experience was from the video. But when I was at it, it was like, man, leave me alone, dude. I mean, he was all over me. And then the final thing was I took a drive up on top to look down in the valley. Uh, and, and when I got up there, I'm driving this, like, Dodge Challenger, you know. This is June. I start – I got in this hailstorm that looked like a snowstorm. And it was, I love storms and I love that, you know, that feeling of being in something that's, there's a little bit of risk there, but it's not enough for me to kill myself, you know, and it was just really cool. And I felt like those three gifts paralleled the three gifts my dad gave me and just, just wanted to testify it. I know it sounds weird, but I mean, God is in the weird, you know, I think Morgan says that right and from oh, Wild at Heart. He, he so is and making the correlation to you know, the gifts that your father gave mm -hmm. that, hey, I was right there with you. Yeah, Just with, with you. He was, he was. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks. So Rodney. Um, Robbie. Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this again. <laughs> your turn. <laughs> so take us back to, you know, I remember on the podcast, you, you said it so well, like you guys sprung this on me, like, you know, an hour before I was supposed to be, we did even better this time. You didn't even get it till you get <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea. We like spontaneous. Up. We don't yeah. like to, you know, just have things that you can practice. You know? Yeah, I show up for the radio show and they're like, well, did you send in the clip? I said, no, I didn't send a clip. I have no idea what the topic is that we're going to be talking about. <laughs> and they're like, you didn't get the text? Um, no, but I get text about people laughed at image and I don't have any image in the text string at all and things like that. So, you know, it's, it, it is what it is. 
Your smartphone but, needs a little, you know, input, IQ change, something. You know, I don't yeah, know. probably stepped on. Cool. Yeah. And crushed. But so, yes, what the father had for me going in was specifically contentment, and he had also been working on me with forgiveness. And specifically forgiveness for my wife and our relationship and forgiveness in me and our relationship and trying to express that and be content in that and trusting in him. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that were going on working up and leading into the boot camp. And then at boot camp, I was asked prior to boot camp to respond to two different talks, which I was able to draw just, you know, I was like, okay, God, what do we have? How am I going to respond? Because, you know, I was basically clueless. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. But again, he brought that whole forgiveness, contentment piece of it and was able to continue that story through the two responses. And then I didn't know this until, you know, uh, you know, we were at camp and it was already started. And then Jim's like, hey, can you also respond to his talk? So I ended up responding to three and just God gave me so much to talk about and portray of my personal story in those three talks that dealt with, yes, there's a lot of forgiveness that you have to be doing in your life. You know, you need to step that up. And the fact that you need to be content in all this and not get all worried and jacked up about how you feel and what's going on, but just just trust me. He, you know, it takes me back to a story from my childhood where, uh, you know, in a moment that, you know, could be very, very scary and wild and frightful that it was like, now all I remember is complete contentment and happiness and joy in that moment because my trust was not in me. Well, take us back to that moment. What was going on? My dad was pulling me around town in behind the pickup truck because it would just snowed and there's a bunch of packed snow and this is back in the 70s and, you know, there's just huge snows and he's driving around town and he's pulling me behind the truck and I'm flying around corners and there's snow, you know, kicking up in my face from the tires, back tires. So there's all kinds of things to hit curbs, trees, poles, not to mention out of the cars, you know, driving around. So I'm all in this and all I get is complete joy. And he's like, you know, that's where he reminded me, you are my beloved son and who I'm well pleased and you have what it takes look, you went and did this when you were five and you just loved it and you were entering into that and you are all that danger and you had no apprehension at all because I had complete trust and faith in my father. And he's like... So I'm assuming your mom wasn't in the truck? <laughs> I don't even know if mom ever even knew about this or if she did because I don't, I don't remember that part of it being there. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I got a feeling she'd been fine with it. She, she was usually pretty good about those things. She didn't mind too much especially when I did a lot of stupid human tricks. Um, so we go into camp and he prepares me in these talks and he just keeps showing me how when you trust in me, you enter in, you take the battle to the enemy and you go fight appropriately and try to, instead of, you know, and that's where the, the two talks that ended up jumping out at me the most was Andy's sonship and Jim's beauty to rescue. The other ones that I responded to got my thoughts in the right place, but the ones that kind of surprised me and brought more out than 
normally have before were those two. And the, and the Sonship one is, has always been so important because, again, when I really deeply think about who, who am I, I am a child of God. And when I think of that, it just melts my heart. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, thank you, Lord. You know, you, you, I, I can't think of how to be thankful enough for that. And then the beauty to rescue was something that I think it was just kind of meant to be because it wasn't brought on me until, you know, a day before the, the talk. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you have for me? And it was able to weave a bunch of things together in my own life, which I shared most of that in, in the responses. And to come out on that in the backside in the middle of, okay, Rodney, yes, you're in warfare, but you need to be content. And I was, every time something small would happen, I just, I, I've been very good at being able to be reminded by God that, oh, be content. Whether it's been at work, whether it was, I broke my fishing pole while I was there, you know, and I was like, well, just be content. Don't get all ticked off about this. You know, it's no big deal. You know, little small things that would happen. It was like, be content. Whatever warfare was happening, be content. And it, it has been good for my heart. The election <laughs> happened at the same time. You know, there's COVID ramping back up and, now I read today something about, oh, we're going to have to wear a mask in our own home. I'm like, this is getting to be really crazy. You know, it's like, be content. Be content. It's okay. And that is a great place to be with God. Which is where Belshazzar. Well, <laughs> <laughs> How about let's just go with Mr. and Mrs. Conehead? Yes. That'd be easier to okay. say. Okay. <laughs> is the light keeping you awake? No. Your breathing has become erratic. A torg for your thoughts? Elder, are you content with me? Of course. Why would I not be? Now, I would like to enter my slar phase. Let us suppose for some reason my life functions ceased. What would you do? I would incinerate your carcass in the tradition of Ovidar the Obtuse and put it in a clean, dry place. Would you find a new genetomate to bring to our guest chamber and propagate? Ah. My most precious one. I would collapse. I would draw the shades and I would live in the dark. I would never get out of my slar pad nor clean myself. My fluids would coagulate, my cone would shrivel, and I would die, miserable and lonely. The stench would be great. Oh, Beldar, you have made me very happy. Yes, I know. Good night. Life on Earth is good. I agree. Stability and contentment have been achieved. Stability and contentment, Robbie. That's what it's all about. <laughs> so that's amazing. So, uh, Sam, I, you know, you've been hanging on the phone, you know, Penny for your, or a, a Conad head, whatever, coin for your thoughts here. <laughs> well, I, my thoughts were Rodney responded to three talks and got a lot out of two of them. That just left mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rodney. It's all about you, Sam. <laughs> It is. All Sounds like you. his podcast, uh, there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's all good. The, uh, no, it's just amazing just listening to what God's done. You know, even as well as we know each other, just hearing the breakthroughs that uh, the people are getting is amazing. Yeah, it's it's it, it is really remarkable. Well, I, I have to say honestly that I have never prepared for a boot camp like I pre- prepared for this particular one. I. I uh, nor had I ever been um, <laughs> ha- 
felt like being thwarted like I was in this particular, because, you know, as I told everybody, I wanted to break this agreement that I couldn't play in public um, my guitar, and I wanted to take that guitar from out from underneath the bed that had been there for 30 years and 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 not only break the agreement that I couldn't play in public, but I, I literally wanted to play the, the song Classical Gas, which I had wanted to play, you know, as a young guitar student, you know, in the 69 when it originally came out. And to try it several times and failed and made several agreements that I'll never be able to play this. And so not only did I want to break the one agreement, I wanted to break another agreement. And some of the thwarting that went on very early was, oh, you're 65 years old and you have arthritis in your hands. And so like, oh my gosh, it hurts to play. <laughs> and so uh, I'm trying to think of the of the stuff I I drink every day now to to, to, to make that better. It's, it's Turmeric. A, Turmeric, right. So I just make turmeric tea, which everybody just grosses out when they watch me drink it because I just put a spoon of the stuff in water and just drink it now. There's nothing to it because I'm just used to the taste. But So that really helped with me with my arthritis. And, and then, you know, the next major thing that happened was I was going to trim my bushes and I managed to mangle my little finger on my left hand, which if you watch somebody play classical gas on YouTube, you'll note that their little finger is all over the place. And that seemed like it was going to be the end of the story, but that's really when the story kind of got fun. I mean, it was like, no, the Holy Spirit said, you know, I was could be like Bluto on the couch, you know, <laughs> oh, Bluto, you're going to make this the worst night of your life. But no, I mean, once I listened to it, I said, no, we're going to make this the best time because I'm going to show you how to, that it can be done. It can be done with three fingers and, and you know, that was that. Well, the next thing you know, I got infection in my leg. I got diverticulitis. In other words, everything seemed like physically was going hard. You know, what Darren had gone through last fall. And then, you know, just to make it more interesting, I was going to really tune up my guitar and put on some new, you know, nylon strings so it could just sound like classical gas, like Mason Williams. It was going to be awesome. Except when I put those strings on, it broke the upper bridge that's called the nut on a, on a guitar. And so I lost one of my 12 strings. So I've lost a finger <laughs> and now I've lost a string. And, you know, I'm working on these talks. And the, the one talk that I had was an adventure to live. And we talked about specifically that the way that you can triangulate your position with where your calling may be, and those callings are all over the place, are between desire and validation and risk. Well, we had the risk going because now I'm going to try to play this on a 11 string guitar with, you know, nine fingers. I certainly could feel God's pleasure because he was with me. He was right there with me. And, um, and, and, and really, really, I desired to play that song so bad. I would, I made several recordings of it. I would listen to it all my way home. I would practice, you know, an hour, sometimes four hours, um, just play. And, you know, my wife had heard the song over, and it wasn't like I played 20 different songs, <laughs> okay? If you can imagine for four hours playing one song, and my wife says to me, you know, I hear that song in my sleep, and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she goes, no, I love it. You know, there's something very, it's in an A minor key, and there's something that's good for your soul when you, when you play the thing. So I, it, it, it had been this desire grew, and it grew, but the risk grew along with it, but I could feel the validation, and away we go. So we get to camp, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, 
and it it didn't stop. I mean, not even close. I mean, the day before I was to play the song, I go to tune the A string, which is the second to the last string, and the tuner breaks. <laughs> Snap. Like I can't play this song without. I mean, it it major one of the strings. This this isn't one I could do without, like the other string. And then I thought, wait a minute, I got the tuner from the string that broke. <laughs> I took that tuner off the, with the help of many people that would help me, you know, get this thing tuned, and away we would go. A- and so, you know, it was coming up to be time to do this. You know, all this preparation had gone into it. And, you know, 35, 40 minutes before the talk, I get into an altercation with another member of the team. And the way that it works for me personally is if I get tight right? Which is, this is on me. Okay. Like it's, it's me that gets tight. And if I'm the one that's tight and I can't play because I'm tight, then I felt like a caged animal. I mean, I really did. Like I can't go on there and do this because I literally can't play. And what am I going to do? Cause I can't go on there. I, you know, and it was just like, I, I tried, you know, so hard. And so I literally blow up and leave the camp, right? All my brothers, <laughs> <laughs> drop the ball totally on them and you know i'm i'm about um you know i get back to reedsville actually in in about this time you know i get this text from sam call me <laughs> and it was a you know it wasn't a text where i sent sensed he was mad i got a sense like he was coming after my heart so i was like okay i'll call sam and and it didn't take him a whole lot to get did it sam take a lot to no i just said robbie uh robbie i really would like for you to come back i need for you to come back and you're like i'm on my way (laughs) (laughs) so i turned around and came back and they they had put off the talk that night that you're going to play the next morning right well my head is all over the place and i am not in a good place and and satan i you know he had a foothold sam and and he was he was whacking on me, but good. And you know here I am. I'm tight. I can't play if I'm tight. And I I don't know how I'm going to do this because the talk was something I felt like I could do whether I was tight or I wasn't tight. But play the guitar that wasn't going to happen. It just couldn't. You know. And and so you know I'm trying to figure out why how I can get my head straight. What I can do. And I'm praying and praying, praying God come for me, come for me, come for me. You know, <laughs> Darren, those guys were sitting out there, and every once in a while I'd come out and they go, "Robert, are you okay?" No, <laughs> go back and pray. <laughs> I was, I was drinking my turmeric tea and everything I could think of, <laughs> trying to loosen up. So you can imagine this scene. You know, you're crying in bed and like, God, I just want to do this, but I have no idea how to do it. And all of a sudden, he reminds me of this clip. I mean, very specifically, and you might notice that Bagger has something about your grip on your club has a lot to do with your grip on your life. And so I'll let you listen to this and we'll talk about it. You gonna be one of a different club, Dale Junior? I can't do this. Hey, you might should just loose your grip up a smidge. You know, a man's grip on his club, just like a That's man's grip. That's not what I'm on... talking about. I know. No, you don't. What I'm talking about is a game. A game that can't be won, only played. You don't understand. I don't need to understand. Ain't a soul on this entire earth ain't got a burden to carry. He don't understand. You ain't alone in that. But you've been carrying this one long enough. 
Time to go on. Lay it down. I don't know how. You got a choice. You can stop, or you can start. Start? Walking. Where? Right back to where you always been, and then stand there. Still. Real still. And remember. It's too long ago. Oh, no, sir. It was just a moment ago. Time for you to come on out the shadows, Juna. Time for you to choose. I can't. Yes, you can. But you ain't alone. I'm right here with you. I've been here all along. I played a game. Your game. The one that only you was meant to play. One that was given to you when you come into this world. Take your stance. Strike that ball, Junior. Don't hold nothing back. Give it everything. Now's the time. Let yourself remember. Remember your swing. That's right, Junior. Settle yourself. Let's go. Now is the time, Junior. So I cut that off because we're heading around for a landing. But that clip, if you've listened to it enough and you, you do enough boot camps, it gets in your soul. And maybe you'll be at a point in your life where you don't know how you're going to take the next step, but you kind of know you got to. And, and you get, and you know you got to kind of loosen your grip. <laughs> However that works out. And there are several things he says, and they're like, I don't know how to do it. And there isn't a person in this world that doesn't, you know, have a burden they don't understand, right? And and that's exactly where I was. I had a burden, but I didn't understand really the lives that I was living under that was keeping me from being able to, to do what it is that I trained and trained and trained and trained and trained to do. And and so there I was. And you can stop, stop or you can start, you know. You 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 know. But the, the but the magic of the thing is what my buddy Andy will tell you is I'm right there with you. And so, yes, I played it. And yes, I got to do the talk. And yes, I got to break all those agreements. And so much more. Um, that sometime, another time, we'll be able to hear my actual rendition of Classical Games. But it was an amazing boot camp. And, and thank you for all the the preparation God did, but there's a lot of guys that put so much into this. You know, it's even hard to explain. And Darren, all the effort of all the people that, that put their work into this. Yeah, a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, Jim Barecki and Rodney, two of them that just made everything kind of work this time that we'd have failed. This is the Truth Network.